Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello. Welcome to USA Global TV and Radio. My name is Caroline Heward, and I'm known as the Harley Street Stress Expert. Our show today is Talking Heads. I'm an expert presenter in today's topic, which is rebuilding your life after divorce. And it's part of the Mind and Body Connection series. Let's begin. Going to start with a quote today, holding on versus letting go. Some people believe holding on and hanging on in there are signs of strength. However, there are times when it takes more strength to say, to let go, to know when to let go and then do it. Because at times when we hold on thinking it's the right thing to do, we're not considering how it affects us. So it's really important, even though it's like your worst nightmare to let go of what you know, it's important to allow other things to come in. And in being attached to holding on of what's not working, it prevents other things coming in. When we enter into the state of going through a divorce and the divorce, something happens even in the most incredible couples that have agreed to disagree and have agreed to end their relationship. And it's all all, all agreed that they're happy to do that. It just has stopped working. Something quite amazing happens in that process. And we move into something called the blame game or the shame game or the guilt game. We move into a place where we're trying to get one-upmanship to win the battle. And it doesn't help when it's being fought out in court because they're in, in the court situation, it deems winners and losers. It doesn't deem the space of... Uh, literally a split and, and, and a, a place of leaving each other respectfully. It usually likes to fight so there are winners and losers when you enter into court. So when we're in that blame game, what we're doing is we're pointing one finger out to the other person. We're saying, you did this, you did that, you did the other. And what happens is that finger that you're pointing, that's one finger to the other person and three fingers back to the power of the thumb back to you. Let me say that again. When you blame the other person, you are pointing out at them saying they're at fault. But when you do that, it's three fingers to the power of the thumb back to you. And what that means is, it disempowers you. 
it takes away your control. It moves you into a place where you're not able to change things. And it will lead you into a place of an uncomfortability in the situation. You will lose, you will in, in, inwardly le learn to lose the game, that everything is his fault or her fault. And when you do that, you just literally take away all of your control. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that it, this works. And I'm not saying that it's possible to always go through this without going into that space of blame. I'm saying that when you do, become aware. Because when you become aware, you can change how you experience the experience of letting go and moving through the divorce. It's all too easy to say it's their fault, it's his fault, it's her fault. It's everybody's fault because that's what we're taught at school. This is what we know. And unless you've done some kind of training or had some kind of therapy, it will be very difficult for you not to do that because this is how we survive. It's the survival game, the survival of the fittest. So when you enter into that blame game, it's very draining. You will be exhausted by fighting your corner, literally fighting your corner to win. But there are no winners or losers in divorce. There are only losers. Nobody wins. Everybody loses if you enter the blame game. And the solicitors are the ones that get the fees. They like it when you argue about the dog. They like it when you argue about the, uh, the, the material things in, that, in the life that you shared because they're totting up the bills of what they're going to get in terms of fees. You're a fee generator. I know that sounds cold and heartless, but that's what happens when you go to court. Every letter, every phone call, it creates a fee for the solicitor, the barrister, and then it drains your pocket. So moving into the emotional side of the blame game, when you've finished an hour of blaming and shaming and guilt tripping the other person, you've actually fed that to yourself. This is how you have expressed to the other person that really you have indulged in that blame game and all of those experiences are on you. So you don't feel great. And the other thing that happens is that at the end of that hour or few hours that you've shamed and blamed the other person, he did this, she did that. Oh, you know, I'm going to find myself a better person. I want you to look inwards. And I want you to focus on what you want out of this. Because when you enter the blame game and start shaming and guilt tripping, nobody wins. And you're the loser of all of it in terms of your own self-talk and the frequency and energy that you create from being, being in the blame game.
So I'd like to move on to something that you could do that would be much kinder to yourself and to the other person. Kindness. I'm going to start with another quote. Kindness in words creates confidence. Kindness in thinking creates profoundness. Kindness in giving creates love. It sounds simple, doesn't it? And yet when you're in that acrimonious divorce and you're fighting, this is the furthest thing from your mind. I would like to invite you to consider almost killing the person with kindness. Because when you do that, you're actually giving yourself that kindness back. Literally giving them so much kindness and compassion will change your experience of that divorce and the aftermath of the divorce. Because whatever you're giving to the other person will affect you. Because you're the first person in the relationship the relationship starts with you and it ends with you and everything that you're being externally actually affects you and the other person and the vibration that you're frequencing at in terms of your blame and your shame and your guilt will impact you. If you are literally killing the person with kindness, giving them so much kindness in the process of the breakup, of the divorce and the separation. Something magical happens to you because kindness is a heart vibration and it belongs in the heart frequency. When you're in shame and blame and guilt, you are in the lower frequencies and you will feel in a state almost of survival. I'm not saying that this is easy. I'm not saying that everybody considers this as the first one-stop shop. What I'm inviting you to do is to look at the random acts of kindness that you can do for yourself and the other person will create a much easier and kinder process for you as well as the other person. This is about you, that you can come out being really respectful to you as well as the other person and everything around you. It raises your frequency, it raises your vibration, and in a state of kindness, you are actually feeding yourself with compassion and love at the same time. And you are moving your vibration into a higher state of being and an easier way for you to heal. Let's look at thoughts, the kinds of thoughts that we start going through when we're in a divorce, going through a divorce, and literally moving through the other side of the divorce to rebuild our life. And I've focused on going through the divorce because it's important how we reflect, how we behave, how we respond, so that we can move better to rebuild our lives following the divorce. So while we're going through the process and after the process of the divorce, because it, it is an experience, it's a journey. 
I don't believe it's an event, it's a one time only. This is something that we're going through that is a journey. We're generally filled with a lot of negative thoughts about the situation, about the experience of that marriage and about the experience it leaves you with. And also, more importantly, there is a lot of negative inner chatter, like sort of that inner voice chatting away, and it's always negative. It's constantly looking for what's not right, the fault on his side, her side, your side. I should have done this. He should have done that. Why don't they do this? But the longer that you focus on the negative chatter and the negative thinking, what happens is you create a state of negativity and low vibration in you. So the more you focus in that negative conversation, thinking externally and internally, you create the negative experiences because after thought becomes feeling and after feeling becomes behavior so that you then move into that state of negative behavior and self-sabotaging. All of this from a negative thought, he said, she said, this is not good, I'm not happy here, you're gone, I'm better. Yes, I'm not saying that won't be the case. And it's about killing it with kindness because you are the end product of those thoughts. You are the one that suffers from that negative experience of thinking. So my invitation to you is to consider what's good about it. What are you getting from this experience of being in this negative space? And focus differently. Storytelling. We've all been there, we've all done it, the end of a relationship, the end of a marriage. We've talked about the he said, she said, this wasn't good, I'm never going out with another man like that again, because it becomes us. And the story that we tell is our story. Now, when you are telling the story over and over again, you are reinforcing that story and that experience. And to some degree, reliving the experience in that story. And I'm sure that by the time that you have finished reliving and recounting your story, wherever it is, to a friend, to a neighbour, to a colleague, whoever it is that you're sharing your story with, they will be energised by your story but you will feel deflated because you relived the experience through your storytelling. The mind does not know what's real or imagined. And so when you are reliving your experience through your storytelling, you recreate the feelings and emotions from that time, that experience. Have you ever been with somebody that's recounted a story of a breakdown in a marriage or a breakdown in a relationship? And they're saying it with such emphasis of, of presentness as if it's just happened. 
And you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this person's just gone through this crisis. Oh, how terrible. And you might say, oh, when did you break up? And then they turn around and say, oh, it was 10 years ago. And you feel a bit fooled by that 10 years ago. And you begin thinking, OMG, 10 years ago, that that person is still in it. They're still in that experience. Let me repeat that. When the story is constantly focused on the negative, what happens is that you feel it as if it is happening in that moment. So when you've had a negative experience in any aspect of your life, when you recount this happened, that happened, he said this, she did that, I felt terrible, I was really struggling with that, you will start to then experience all of that trauma of that experience in that moment. And that is because the mind does not know what's really imagined. And it creates exactly what you're thinking and talking about. And this is quite key because if you are consistently talking about all that negative stuff in the relationship, whether it was six weeks ago, six months ago, six years ago, or 60 years ago, your mind does not know what's real in that moment. And it believes that that is where it is. And so the neurons fire and wire together in your brain. And what happens in that moment is all of that desolation comes up and becomes the experience of that moment. No matter what situation that's negative that you are talking about, the body starts experiencing the feelings and emotions from that time. And it's not good. My invitation for you in storytelling, because we all do it and it's the way that we remember things, is to find in that story the moment that you transformed, the transformational part of that story. And that's when it's good to share because you have the low of that story. And then you have to share the transformation, the outcome, the amazing experience, like the phoenix rising from the ashes from that story that was negative, that was terrible. And the transformation is what you got from it. That's the learning, that's the growth, and that's what moved you through the challenge into an experience of exponential growth. That's when storytelling is really helpful and very powerful. And sometimes it is easier, not for all, but it is easier not to keep recounting the negative activities and conversations because even though it's happening it's not happening in every moment that you're experiencing that negativity it's only happening in the moments that it's happening but by the fact that you're storytelling and conversing about it and constantly retelling what is happening you are in the very experience every time you tell the story 
whether it's inwardly to yourself, going over and over things, or it's external to others. So my invitation is to be careful of the stories that you are telling yourself, and more importantly, the stories that you share with others. I'm not saying don't share, don't talk. I'm suggesting, recommending that you find the place of sharing your story with a few people, one person, a confidant, rather than telling the story over and over again to limit the experiences of the negative experiences it gives you and the low vibration it moves you into. Divorce is definitely a time of loneliness. Because you were a part of a couple, there were two of you. Everything was done in a space that you had to be considered of the other person. Meals, going out, social, the caring of the home, the holidays, and if there's children, the children. So everything has a shared commonality. And when there's a divorce and then you're not in the same home together, regardless of whether it was a good relationship or a relationship that was really not good, terrible, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was awful, there will still be an internal loneliness that you experience. And that is because you're on your own, you're not with the other person. Even though it was the best decision you ever made, it still creates a level of abandonment and isolation because you shared everything. So it doesn't matter if the breakup was good and you both wanted the relationship to end or if the relationship was bad. Even if it's really bad, there will be a feeling of being in that state of being isolated and alone. And the body-mind has to adjust to that change in physical state from sharing your life with someone to being isolated and being on your own. One of the things that comes up many times is failure. When we consider that a relationship hasn't worked, a marriage, we don't enter into the marriage thinking it's going to end and thinking we're going to fail. That's never the idea that we enter into a relationship for. When we enter into a marriage, we enter into that state of marriage, believing, trusting it will be forever. Otherwise we wouldn't do it. We're not looking at the end day, we're looking at the living happily ever after, all of the time. And many of us go through an experience of feeling that we failed. Like, what did I do wrong? How could I do that differently? And if the marriage doesn't work for some people, it affects their value system, it affects their culture, their religious beliefs. It doesn't matter which party that you belong to, there will be on some level, some internal experiences of, I failed at that, I didn't make that work. And this is very normal to feel that you failed. 
because when the marriage doesn't work, there's an ending and a moving on. But more importantly, there are lessons to be learnt in moving forward and moving on. So rather than considering that it's a failure, my invitation to you is to consider what you learnt from it, what you will do differently next time. Because failure is a human experience. But what about if you consider the failure as a learning experience, what you will accomplish next time? When you fail at something, it's because you have learned that you want something different next time. And you will move to what you want different next time. Forgiveness. Here's another beautiful practice that you can give yourself and the other person. Forgiveness is a gift to yourself. It frees you from your past experiences and your past, your past relationships. It allows you to live in the present moment when you forgive yourself and forgive others you are indeed free. Forgiveness, again, is a vibration. It is a practice that resides in the heart. When you are in a state of forgiveness, it is not in the other person and their actions. This is not what you're forgiving. You're forgiving the way that you are experiencing it. In forgiveness, you are not making them right and yourself right if something was wrong. That is not what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is a state of being. It's a value structure for yourself because when you forgive, you move through into a higher state of vibration of frequency and you move into your heart frequency, which when you're expanded in the heart chakra, then you, you feel different and you're giving yourself more tools, more practice and more love and more joy. If you are in a state of blame, it's a lower frequency and you can't get, you can't move forward and get the life that you deserve by being in that low frequency vibration. So in a state of forgiveness, you are forgiving the experience. You are forgiving the past. And more importantly, you are moving into your state of beingness and being in the very present moment that you are in. And in the moment that you are in, that's where the magic can happen. It's not anywhere else. It's only in your state of being present. Life after divorce rebuilding your life. Divorce is a grieving process. You are going through the same rituals of losing somebody physically and there is no ritual of letting go of a divorce. The grieving process you will go through shock, guilt, anger, blame, you will go through a bargaining stage and eventually you will get to a place of acceptance, of moving forward. 
and to recognise that it is a grieving process helps some people move through what wasn't working. What can they move from to? Because unless you grieve the person, then you will stay in that state of grief. And there is no joy in being in a state of grieving for a continuously prolonged period of time. And this is where somebody's in a relationship for 10 years and then they're still talking about the things that he did 10 years later or she did. It's important to allow yourself, give yourself the permission to go through the grieving process for you to transform. This is all about you. There is a gap that creates in your life when a divorce happens. And many of us want to fill that gap really quickly. We will fill it with things, people, socials, work, a hobby. We will fill it so we don't have time to think, time to be. This is a strategy many of us use because on some level, it helps to move through the challenging times. My invitation to you is to allow some time for you. Diarise some time specifically for you. Almost arrange an appointment with yourself to be with you on that day in that time. And whatever you choose to do, that it's something that's nourishing for you. So go into the gap in the most nourishing way for yourself. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Because when you forgive, you're actually allowing a process of being able to move forward. When you forgive, you forgive yourself. Moving forward is part of that process of forgiveness. Letting go. When you let go wholly and unconditionally, what that word means is without condition. If you let go saying, I will let go of this terrible state of marriage if you do this and that and this and that, you have an attachment. You are creating conditions of being attached to that letting go. And this blocks the crown chakra. This blocks what can come into your life by having attachments to that letting go process. My invitation to you is to let go unconditionally without the need to place a condition, a requirement, a boundary, because when you let go, you allow other things to come into your life. When you move through the divorce, there will be a questioning of who are you? What do you like? What do you dislike? What do you love? Where do you like to spend your time? Because when you're in a marriage, there is a state of beingness 
as a couple, there is always a consideration of being in that union with the other person. And it's important to work out, especially if you've been in a marriage for a long time, that you start to conform and start to do things that are expected of you. And the other person is doing things that are expected of them. And then you come together and you do things together. But when you're not in that marriage, that institution of marriage, what happens is that you then find out, well, you know, am I the housewife? Am I the cook? Am I doing the shopping? You become all of them. So that becomes your domesticity. But then there is a process of you working out, working through who you are as a person. What do you like to do? Because you will have changed during that marriage. And when it ends, you will feel different and you might have different needs, different thoughts, different experiences and different things that you want to do. Sometimes it's good to test who you are. Sometimes it's good to check in. Do I like doing this? Just because I've always done it doesn't mean to say it is something that I enjoy doing. So take some time to discover who you are, who you are being for yourself. And have you changed? And do you dislike doing some things now? And do you like doing other things? So take the time to journey through who you are following your divorce, because you might be surprised that you're not the same person that entered into the marriage that is now ended. This is a healing journey. The whole process of going through the marriage breakup, the divorce, and rebuilding your life is a healing journey. It's a journey that is personal. No one can tell you how to get over a divorce. They can only give you from their experience or their guidance. And some of the things I've shared with you today are things that will help that process of rebuilding your life. But your healing journey is a grieving process and a healing journey. And it's yours. It's a personal experience. No one can tell you what to do and when to do it. The invitation is to be kind to yourself because the kindness you are giving externally to you will be given internally to you. Let me say that again. The kindness and the forgiveness that you externally give to others, you are also giving that in the same moment to yourself. It's beautiful, isn't it? It changes the very negative experience that you feel you are trapped within. Allow your emotions, whatever you feel, if you feel anger in the moment that you're in, allow the anger to express in the moment that you're experiencing it. 
Because when you allow the emotion in the moment that you are experiencing that emotion, something wonderful happens for you. It's not long lived. It's short. It doesn't overspill into everything. It's a small amount of time. You'll be surprised. The tears won't last very long. The anger won't last very long. The guilt will be quick. The shame will be quick. I know that we're many times told not to express or experience our emotions. So we tend to shut them down. But when you shut down the emotions, the escape route is the mind. And then all that happens is you start thinking and analysing and going over and over the past conversations, experiences, the he said, she said. So my invitation is to allow, to go into the emotions at the time that you feel them. And you will be amazed how transformational that can be for you and for your healing journey. When there are children involved in a marriage, it binds the couple in ways that you cannot let go because it keeps you together in a different way. The children didn't do anything and the children are always the ones that have the negative experiences. So my invitation to you is that give the children the capacity to love both parents. Give the children the right. Allow the experience of both parents in your individual lives as you move through your divorce and rebuild your life. And your children will be forever grateful that the parents, their parents, acted like adults because when there is shame and guilt and blame and the child grows up in that it becomes toxic to the child and they will move through life feeling and believing and experiencing that relationships are like that and my invitation for you is to allow your child the grace and the experience of being in a state of compassion, gratitude and love for both parents. The adults don't always get it right and that's not wrong. We don't always get it right. We don't have all the answers. But the children look up to their parents believing their parents have all of the answers and they can't work out why the parents can't work it out because they're not emotionally evolved. So give yourself and your children the freedom to love and come from a place of compassion, to love both parents equally without pushing them and pulling them through your divorce. Be kind to each other for the sake of your children and for the sake of their lives so that they may have productive and incredibly amazing relationships. Focus on what you desire to have in your life. Many times we consider what we don't want, what we can't have, what the divorce has put us through, what's not possible anymore, financially, physically, materially, emotionally. 
we tend to be focused on what's not working. That's just how the mind works. So my invitation for you is to change how the mind naturally works and start creating what you truly desire in your life by creating your dream life by focusing on what works for you. Because if you focus on what doesn't work, you will create in your life vibrationally more of what doesn't work. So my invitation, it works. It's like magic. It's the law of the universe. So focus on what you want to create in your life. And hey, presto, it will be there. It's like magic. Whatever you're focused on creates into your reality. And if you're not comfortable with what you're creating, if you don't like what you're experiencing in your outer world, you can go in, check in and say, hey, I want this. I want to create this in my life and focus on what you want because everything is frequency. And if you want liberation, it is within you. Become heart-centered. Become heart-focused. Come from a place of compassion and joy and gratitude and love for yourself. And the world then becomes a much brighter place for you to bring in what you want. It is absolutely possible to rebuild your life after divorce. You will be more careful who you bring into your life because the experience of what didn't work is your transformation of what you move through and bring into your life in the coming years following that divorce. But if you focus on what didn't work, all you are going to do is create more of what didn't work. So consider your conversation externally and your inner dialogue, because when you are focused on the higher frequencies of bringing in joyous and wonderful things into your life, magical things can happen and people will walk into your life that you never expected. It is a truly transformational experience. And be grateful for the experiences because from those experiences, you have transformed and you have moved through and experienced as if you've risen through the ashes like a phoenix and transformed, like a butterfly transforming from a caterpillar. This is your liberation. This is your gift and your freedom. What you think you become, what you feel you attract, what you imagine you create. Gautama Buddha, this is how you can create and rebuild your beautiful life after divorce. Thank you for your attention and interest. 
please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is USA Global TV and Radio. You can find all of our Talking Heads episodes under the playlist Talking Heads 2022. You can find all my play, all my playlists under Caroline Hewitt. You can reach out to me on no more stress at live.co.uk. Please do reach out if I may be of service to you. Or call me on plus 44 if you're international. 07523 120189. I offer free Zoom or Skype or telephone call to help you with your stress. Please do consider that I am there for you. I have many aspects of helping you recreate your mind and body connection because you are the person that it always matters. You are important. This is your journey. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you next week.